from the office, Mr. Suleiman Bello, African Development Bank, ADB, Wagadaogao, Burkina Faso, West Africa, transfer of $25,200,000. I am Suleiman Bello, the Auditor General of African Development, Burkina Faso. During the course of our auditing, I didn't fund in an account opened in the bank, Mr. John Corovo and after going through some old files in the records, I discovered that the owner of the account died in the Beirut-bound charter jet plane crash on the 25th December 2003 in Cotonou, Republic of Benin. Here is the website, and nobody has operated on this account again. The owner of this account is Mr. John Corovo, a foreigner, and a trader who trade on gold and mining. He died since 2003 and no other person knows about this account or anything concerning it. The account has no other beneficiary and my investigation proved to me as well that Mr. John Corovo died along with his tired family. The amount involved is US dollars 25.2 million. I am contacting you as a foreigner because this money cannot be approved to a local person here but can only be approved to any foreigner with valid international passport or driver's license and foreign account because the money is in US dollars and the former owner of the account, Mr. John Corovo, is a foreigner too and the money can only be approved into a foreign account. I need your strong assurance that you will never, never cheat me as soon as this fund hits into your account. With my influence and the position of the bank official, we can transfer this money to any foreigner's reliable account, which you can provide with assurance that this money will be intact pending our physical arrival in your country for sharing. The bank official will prove all documents of transaction immediately for you to receive this fund, leaving no trace to any place and to build confidence. On the conclusion of this transaction, you will be entitled to 30% of the total sum as gratification, while 10% will be set aside to take care of the expenses that may arise during the time of transfer and also telephone bills, while 60% would be for me. So on the indication of your willingness, I want you to forward to me your full name, sex, company, any full contact address. Phone, cell, fax, city, state, zip code, country, occupation and all the necessary information will be sent to you on the acceptance to champion this transaction with me. Thanks. Yours truly, Solomon Bello. Delete. Good evening, this is uh, Luke Morris with uh, the Happy Happy Board Game Loving Podcast 4. I'm going to do a date just like everyone else. It is the 21st of November and it's verily the good year of our Lord, 1746. There's been a lot of arguments in town today once we all got back from down, uh, down the mines and the workhouses about uh, the debate between the Grand Euro game, that is chess, and the foul Orienta Trash game, that is Go. Um, it caused a lot of arguments between a lot of people in town and everyone fell out because they couldn't enjoy both which is a very sad day and there's a lot of arguments uh, we decided in the end to um, overcome our sadness um, by um, the king leading us to war and um, me spending an extra 17 hours in the workhouse uh, it's, it's not very good um, working in the workhouse but I guess I have to with 14 kids to support anyway um, you may be wondering how come I can record this in the 18th century, verily. Um, it's uh, I carve the sound patterns on little stones. Very little, little stones. Um, I can only carve a few, and then I throw them through the air, and they kind of make the noise. Um, I think it's possible that sort of maybe 300 years later, someone may be able to gather them together to uh, put together some kind of magical electronic steam-powered. Um, sound system which would be quite exciting and if you're listening to that welcome uh, this evening I've got a few um, 
segments to go through. Um, I've got a review, um, won't tell you what it is yet. Um, we look at another game as a movie star. Um, we have a little feature following on from my 10 things um, to do at a, uh, a gaming conference, 10 ways to survive. This one is um, things that you must do at board game clubs. It's good etiquette. If you go to a board game club, you don't want to be caught out with bad etiquette. Now, these are very different to conference type etiquette. So we'll go through those. Uh, we look at what should be a game. What should be a board game? There's so many things in this world that should be. Ev everything could be. A whole life could be a board game. And uh, we'll look at what should be made into a game. Um, a new segment called, uh, actually, I won't tell you what it is. You can wait and find out. But that's very exciting. And uh, I reply to uh, the what games would you play if you had five hours of play? Um, which was set by the guys at uh, the Gamescape uh, the address I'll give out later when I get to that section but I thoroughly recommend uh, you just google the Gamescape and uh, go there now don't bother listening to the rest of my podcast they do everything a lot better than me um, so yeah anyone that's still here you're fools and um, I will take it that if you're still listening now you've already listened to the latest Gamescape offering with the mighty uh, Demacca being spoken about which is a uh, a German politics game for those of you that have never heard of it before. It takes five hours. Um, it's in German, apart from the new ones being translated, so it's sort of multilingual. It's all pictures and numbers and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a massive long game about German politics, so what's not to like about it? Anyway, enough of me rambling. Let's head on to the first segment. Right, I don't know if you can tell this, but through the power of uh, internet and podcast this is actually pretty much 24 hours later after that 10 seconds ago worth of speech <laughs> it's like we've all aged a day since then we're all a day closer to the grave which is quite depressing isn't it anyway moving on um, as if it was still the same time I did everything earlier uh, I'm going to actually start with um, the Gamescape's um, question from the podcast. Uh, I found their website uh, www.thegamescape.co.uk, a very cunning website name. Um, they asked if you had five hours to play games, um, what games would you play in it? I'm going to use mine as if I was at a conference or something like that. Um, got five hours, I've uh, maybe I've met those guys there or um, got the missus along or just meeting up with some people there, what I want to play. Well, for me, uh, a lot of conference stuff. I like to play some meaty games, but I really like a good sort of light fun game as well. So both of those will be on my list. Um, this this is purely just me self-indulging myself. So um, if you don't want to hear this and you think it's boring, fast forward for about 45 minutes or so. Um, anyway, uh, the first thing I play, if I got there and everyone else just started, and me and the wife have got this, there's only two of us. I would start my first half hour with some games of Hive or Battle Line, something like that. Really good two-player games great fun highly enjoyable that'd be my first half hour by the way I'm doing the times that I've been able to play them in so you might go oh, you can't play that in that much time boy I have so uh, you, you must just be so um, if I got there and there were people there were a few more people around I would uh, start with a game or two of Kynesia's uh, Samurai um, which I've actually got down to three-player game in 15 minutes and it didn't feel rushed at all so a game or two of that would be good fun to start off so after that with four and a half hours left um, kick into my favourite new game from Midcon which uh, was Shogun the new Wallenstein which I reviewed badly last week uh, I reckon two and a quarter hours if you've got people that know and you don't have to spend ages explaining when you set up the two games we played we had to explain both times um, I reckon two and a quarter hours two hours of Shogun great game proper heavy give you a nice bit of a headache make your eyes hurt if you're not playing it under strong light as we weren't I ended up with cataracts or something um, that'd go on to say two and a quarter just to make my maths add up well great game after that man I don't want to do anything else heavy I need a light game I'm going to play cash and guns because pointing foam guns at people and uh, asking them if they've got the cojones is uh, is good fun so I reckon uh, what have I got there cool I can't even read my name right I think that's quarter of an hour so just like a go through just to take my mind off it it's the sort of game that you can play a couple of times but it's like Diamond if you play it too much you overkill so it's fun for short sharp bursts and, want, and leave you wanting more um, that would lighten the air a bit maybe uh, shoot off to the loo unless I was actually following 
what I should be doing at conventions and not going to the loo. So perhaps I might just go off to the bar and uh, chat up a lass or two, as game conventions are good for pulling. Anyone that um, didn't pick that up the other week. Um, after that, my next uh, gaming session, I, I reckon the game of the World Cup game. Now this is important. I've reviewed this in my first episode, but this is very important. It needs to be with the right people. And I could probably pick out the people I want to play it with pretty much after talking to someone for five, ten minutes. Um, my wife's a good one to, t um, to play it with, surprisingly. Um, some of the guys that I play with um, sort of every now and again at my house, my mates, are very good to play it with. I think if you know people and you get on, they don't need to like football or not, but if they're pretty um, up for a laugh and a bit of fun, I reckon it'd go down well. Um, I've played this game in an hour and ten. The 2002 World Cup with I think six of us, and I didn't feel again. I didn't feel rushed. I think just go for it. Just use your use your nerve. Fly by the seat of your pants and just lay. Don't get too bogged down in it. Yeah, it's football. It's it's a game of of just going crazy. So uh, it's a game of flying headbutts and uh, cheating and diving and getting things done quick. So um, I, I put it down for an hour and a half. Great game. Got to be with the right people. Have a laugh. Wunderbar, I'm happy. So it leaves me my last half hour, which I would fill with um, a light group based card game at the end, maybe a Colorado, uh, maybe Six Nymphed, which was surprisingly good, or maybe Bang, although Bang can take any anywhere between five minutes and about three hours. Um, so uh, be careful on that. If you hear some chinking like that, it's because I'm drinking chicken soup from a, from a mug while I talk about this, very exciting, excuse me a second. Okay, so that's my five hours, um, starts with a um, samurai, goes on to Shogun, a bit of a Japanese theme there, then on to Cash and Guns, a bit of violence, then some footy, and then uh, maybe some cowboys or some matching colours or something, good blokey games, good fun, five hours, wham bam, done. Oh. 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 Do I look like Buddha? Oh yes, variety is the spice of life. Uh, so this is a new segment for this week, which I think I will carry on through because this is another. This gives me another chance to do a bit of a rant. Whereas um, the slag of the week is a game that, which won't be in this uh, podcast, by the way, um, is a game that I used to like, um, but uh, for different reasons have gone off it. Maybe not like, but didn't mind, but maybe gone off it a bit. Um, this. Uh, do I look like Buddha? Is um, is about games that I've sort of played once and can't give a second chance to the horrors. Oh, it makes me wince inside at the thought of it. Um, of course, we you know if I was Buddha and um, searching for enlightenment and peace and love to all of uh, God's creatures or creations um, or the life mother life forces, um, I would of course find my peace with Wonga and embrace it. And, uh, and hug it close to my chest for a month or two until I had um, got rid of all my bad and ugly feelings towards it and it would everything be lovely but uh, we're not in an ideal world and um, I'm very biased about things and uh, take instant dislikes to some games after playing them just once or twice and so uh, this week my first game is Wonga um, which was designed, sorry about clicks again so I always do some details um, it was designed by Alan Moon and Richard Borg, published by Gold Sieber, um, 3 to 5 players, 90 minutes. Um, apparently when they designed it, it had a slightly different theme, but it got lumbered with this theme of um, Aboriginal dreams and holding uh, festivals to worship their ancestors or elders or something. Um, it, got, it got a bit of hype apparently, I think, um, a little while back. Currently rated uh, 6.6 .6 out of 10 on www.boardgamegeek.com, uh, the home of all exciting board game things. Um, uh, I don't know what to say about it really. There's a board, um, usual sort of scoring chat around the outside, it's uh, different areas, and you have three different sorts of wooden pieces to put into different areas, and uh, every uh, turn, card, diff a different card is laid in each of the areas and you uh, in turn you go and choose which card you want to take and some will give you extra um, more cards uh, which is very nice, cards for cards um, others allow you to hold a ceremony and uh, if you hold a ceremony p 
people can play some of these cards to move more of their little wooden bits in to try and have the majority in there. The person that has a majority gets more points or wins things and it's all very exciting. Um, problem is uh, the people that have played it, I think there are four of us that played it for the first time at uh, Manicon. Uh, none of us liked it. Um, and I, I won by I think 20 points which I think is quite a big win in it um, but didn't know how I'd done it, didn't know why I'd done it couldn't be bothered that I'd done it. I hadn't, didn't leave with a sense of a glowy, warm fluffiness inside, and that I'd sort of changed the world for the better. I just thought that I kind of wasted a couple of hours of my life, really, which is quite sad. Never gonna get them back. Um, Gold Seba, um, if you do have a couple of hours worth of time, send it um, via email to hamsterfuryhotmail.com. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do I dislike about it? The theme. Uh, the theme's just a bit odd and airy fairy. Um, I, you know, I've I've read up some novels which have a bit of um, Aboriginal history and very interesting, like English Passengers, a very good book um, about when all the um, convicts were being taken over to Australia. Um, I, I I quite like a good wooden piece. Uh, the ancestor and the elder blocks are a bit weird. The boomerang for first player is uh, is uh, is all right. It's all it's all sort of designed in this sort of Aboriginal art, which is okay. Uh, I think it's not the best um, example of Aboriginal art, to be honest. I'm sure if you loved it, you would uh, you'd get rather excited about the game. Um, so that art sort of continues throughout. I really don't like the wooden bits that people rave about these. There's like a little disc and a little cube and a little tube. But they've all got holes in. I don't like the holes. Well, there's just something about it that screams to me of sort of a, a five-year-old girl threading them onto a little bracelet or a little necklace to wear around her, her little neck she heads off to school with her friends um, and not a good man in the Aboriginal game um, so it didn't really go down well with me um, sort of as far as mechanics go I thought there are other games that sort of play vaguely similarly and better um, and really for me it just wasn't particularly exciting I don't think I need any other real reasons for it I've tried to pad it out um, for the sake of podcast because I can't just uh, sit here and say didn't like it, 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 didn't like it for 15 minutes I could uh, maybe I'll leave it for next week um, but yeah I, I wouldn't recommend it you know if you want to try it there's plenty of people that like it so I'm obviously um, the person that's wrong as I am over most of these things it's got good people rate it very highly so it probably is me but yeah, what can I do I am me um, so if anyone's got any views on whether one gate is great or not please I'm very interested to hear it on if you email me on hamsteroffury at hotmail.com um, you can email me words or um, vocal spoken um, lamentations or attacks on me and I will read or play out um, your defence or if you join in me to lovingly attack the game that'd be very exciting um, anyway so that's that Wonga I'm not Buddha so I very unlikely I'll be playing that again good evening and you join us here in the closing stages of this uh, match uh, featuring um, two great names in the sport um, uh, Ivan the Great Bear is uh, doing his best at the moment against the young pretender um, Gerald Jackets um, Ivan the Great Bear started very strongly tonight but uh, Gerald Jackets has been fighting back over the last couple of hours and uh, looks poised to strike with a viper-like venom that we've uh, come to know from this young 63-year-old world champion. Uh, so as we look here at the board, things are really packing up in the centre. Uh, the Great Bear, he started as usual with his uh, Bear's Claw Gambit. A fine gambit indeed, usually works 74.3% of the time. Whereas young Coates started with the Empress left nostril, a fine opening on the left hand's flank that had the crowd in ecstasy. So the Great Bear reaches forward. He moves his bishop towards um, 6G. G6 for the bishop, it's a fine move. His pieces always look so well cleaned and polished, especially his bishop today. He's done a good job. Coates pauses to think. He's under a lot of pressure, the young man. And I don't know if he'll be able to hold it this long. He is a former world champion. But that was back in his very start when he burst out the blocks like some kind of Michael Johnson figure. 
So he leans forward over the board. <gasps> oh my God! It's a great move as he moves his uh, he moves his rook up to uh, h2. It's a great um, counteracting balance. It's a very good move that many would not have seen before. It's good, and uh, the bear is leaning forward. He can sense it. He can sense it. There's a chance. He's ignoring the rook. Very interesting move. He's moving his queen to e6, and it's Jared! Maggie Thatcher! Maggie Thatcher, Tony Blair! Your boy is taking one hell of a beating! And he's got check. This is very exciting now. What will Coach do? He looks around. He's going to have to move his king. I don't know if he's going to have much chance to defend this. He breaks. His hand goes onto his beard, strokes his white beard, his snow white <laughs> beard, like a like a white pure beard. snow, driven snow. His fingers playing upon it like a like a concert pianist. He leans forward to take the move. But what's this? It's a streaker. A streaker is on the table. I think it's over. The streaker. Nipples bared to the world. I've never seen a man with such finely honed nipples. The police charging in. Helmets over, over the man's genitals and nipples. Dragging him off. Ah, I've not seen such a thing since the 1972 European Championship final. Coach looks shaken. Oh, he's making a bad move. I can't believe it. He's realized straight away. And the bear, with a smile, has moved in. It's mate! It's checkmate. It's all over. It's 1-0. 1-0 in the final in this best of 73. And this could be a hammer blow on the chance of Coates. Well, that would have probably worked better if I hadn't forgotten the guy's name halfway through and changed it. Yeah, I learn. I live and learn. Anyway, I thought I'd move on now uh, to the day's feature, um, which is uh, five things to do at your gaming club. Uh, because um, I meant to do the podcast uh, yesterday, but um, I kind of ran out of time and uh, I'm doing it tonight, I'm doing it instead of uh, going to club, which isn't too bad. I'm still feeling a bit... Uh, gamed out after midcon strangely so I won't lose too much sleep over not going especially as it takes me about an hour and a half to get there anyway um, these five as I said before are slightly different to what you'll experience at a convention mainly because the type of gamer that you will get at a club is often very different um, you tend to get less horny women and more men who actually want to play games you get less people looking for getting drunk and orgies and more guys who want to um, take it serious over a game of power grid and more power to them. Uh, so I thought I'd go through the five as I did with the ten the other week and uh, we'll see how it goes. Number five! We start with number five then we could go to number one and do it that way. Number five is perhaps the most important thing and I'm going to start at the end of the night. This is what we do at the end of the night. Um, we pay subs. We pay money for going. Uh, it's not a ridiculous thing to do. It kind of makes sense. The, cup, the club's got to cover its costs. We pay a pound at Hale's Own Board Gamers. Uh, check that out. You'll be able to check that out through Google. Uh, we meet in Birmingham, just outside Birmingham in Hale's Own. It's a good little club on a Wednesday night. We play from about half seven or eight until about half ten or so so if you're there come along uh, anyway yeah we pay a pound a week now there's normally one guy that collects it all together now what I would suggest if you go to a club that play, pays subs it's normally sort of a pound two pound two fifty or whatever don't pay in notes that's very bad form very bad form indeed um, changes is, is short and hard to come by don't pay by the actual money so don't I don't see any pound coins or 50p's pay with pennies and two pennies now pennies and two pennies are really cool and the guys that collect subs will enjoy carrying them um, they feel a lot like game pieces which gives them an extra thrill when they're collecting it together they uh, like to carry it on as a game almost when they get home counting them up making sure everything's alright maybe pitting piles of coins against each other 
pennies and two pennies can be used for those little slot machines down the beach especially those 2p machines which are magnificent and sometimes you know the guy that runs the club might want to do that he might want to gamble some of your money as a club to see if you can make some more and by giving them loads of 2p's means he can go straight down the nearest uh, arcade at the beach which is quite hard for us in Birmingham uh, English geography fans and try and wager it so ones and 2p's very good thing to pay by everyone will be happy about it it makes a good feel on the table so that is the number five. Number one. Number one, we're going to kick back, as money was the most important thing, of course, we're going to kick back to the start of the evening, which is turning up at club. You may turn up by bus or by foot or by car or even by helicopter uh, if you're fortunate in such ways. Um, when you get up, remember. A club is not a place to pull. Unlike a convention where phew, stay there as long as you can, you'll be you'll be loving it by sort of within half an hour you have women dripping off your arms or men if you're that way inclined or a woman. Um but or or women if you're that way inclined or women. But um a games club of course it's not a place to pull really. Even if there are women there, people are taking it seriously, it's game centred. So what I'd suggest to do is always turn up purely as the games are setting up. Now, when I say setting up, I don't mean sort of turn up as people are thinking about getting out of the boxes. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, do you want to join in? Sure, sure, sure. I'd suggest waiting until you can be sure that, say, say there's eight people there, that they've already decided on two games that uh, have need four players each. They can't take any more, say, I don't know, Settlers of Catan and... Uh, 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 ingenious. There we go. So two games that will only take four there's people there that have just been explaining the rules for five ten minutes they've all got their colours oh I want purple give me purple can I have purple uh, which of course doesn't really work for either of those games but still uh, people have got their colours they're all excited uh, and they're ready to go that's when you turn up try and make it dramatic burst the door open bag of games on your shoulder or something pint in hand or maybe just burst it open with both hands you're there you want a game now, normally at the club I go to, people are far too polite, and uh, if they're one of those ones, they'll go, no, 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 it's all right, I'll go home, I'll go home. And uh, people inside are secretly, yes, come on, but outside they're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll change the game we've just spent ages learning, and, and, and oh, oh, we'll play any game you want. Go home, go home, go home. Um, but um, these people are very polite often, and we'll go home, or sometimes, um, which, is <laughs> which is a shame when it's come such a long way, uh, sometimes people will change games which is quite nice of them so they don't have to go home but it's nice to get there late to cause people this internal struggle oh what are we going to do we have to change the games oh no it's so hard um, so that's a good thing to do always turn up as the games have been set up and the rules have been read out and don't go home stand there until uh, people change the games in fact if they don't Go over to one table and flip the board over. Send the pieces scattering and say, yeah, look, I'm playing now, so get rid of that rubbish and let me start playing. So that's number one. Always turn up as the games have been set up. As I'm a bit of a coward, I'd like to point out at this point that no one in our games group actually falls foul of any of these things. The guys that turn up late offer to go home. Um, they should go to and they shouldn't because we should really change games. But anyway... Um, None of these following ones are either, because I know at least one of them listened to it, or at least Richard said he did, and uh, I don't want people to hate me when I go to club. Anyway, number two. Right, come to club with one game in your hand, preferably something that's ridiculously long, or ridiculously hard, or ridiculously easy, or you know people hate, but that's okay, because you are playing that game tonight you are playing that game tonight and there is no way on this planet that anyone is going to make you play anything else you'll, you'll happily turn that anything people say well it's, it's, it's not a right game but you know every other person here tonight wanted to play where but no you don't do that you say nope I'm playing this game I hate that game rubbish I hate the colours I hate the like the cards give me paper cuts when I pick them up. I hate the fact that it's 
German or something like that you know you want to come with one game put it down the table nope I'm playing this one and I need seven people to play it with me so you four over there can't even play that game either it's a good thing to do it brings people closer together you need a game that everyone can play it makes you feel important because you can be the one who uh, explains the rules it's a very good thing to do don't even come with any backups at all just say you're doing that one and tough on everyone else don't even plan it with anyone beforehand just turn up with something maybe no one's even heard of it before they're a bit sceptical just do it best thing to do so number two always refuse to play any other game apart from the game that you bought number three number three at our games club uh, we meet in a conservative club which is very exciting um, and downstairs they've got a bar, a very nice cheap bar. I like a good pint of Boddington's while I play my games on Wednesday evening. And uh, we tend to have a rule of you, you keep your pint, you know, people have paid a lot of money for these games, you keep your pint on the floor or, you know, on the window ledge or on another table so it doesn't spill. Now, what I'm going to say to this is this rule needs to be cancelled. It's a stupid rule, it's outdated. It, it's a rule that sort of hails back to the 1500s where. Um, used to get sort of uh, dwarves dressed up as jesters that would um, dance around in inns for the delight of the, the men with very few teeth who were drinking beer after a day's working in the field uh, grubby and they just want their beer there and they'll have their beer there while they throw dice and uh, unfortunately these jesters that like dancing and acrobatics would every now and again knock them off which is very sad and it'd go all over the dice all over the men there'd be violence and fighting so on and so forth so a law was passed in England which um, of course spread around the rest of the world as we own most of it sort of over the next few hundred years um, about no drinks on the table and the, the law kind of got repealed it's like the old law that um, in England there is a day of the year where um, you can stand on Hadrian's Wall and sh uh, shoot a Scotsman with a bow and arrow, which is which is cool, really. I've never I've never used that right. Um, there's another one where you should have to practice bow and arrow every uh, Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember which one. That's law. And you're also, and this is true, not allowed to drive to church on uh, Christmas Day. That's against the law. Um, anyway, just just thought that'd be quite interesting. But this kind of this law about drinking was kind of repealed, but it's kind of got kept on as good form. You know, in England we, we, we like a good bit of form. Fair play, yes, yes. We, uh, um, even if we lose, uh, we've won the moral victory and, uh, and um, you know, we don't like those um, brash foreigners that uh, do everything they can to win. We'd rather lose um, with, with having made a good show and being very polite than winning at all costs and I think that's a very good thing to do. So, uh, you know, we decided to leave the pint on the sign. You know, you don't even though it's not the law, it, it shows respect. But I think it's outdated. Uh, pints should be left by the brand new boards. People have spent 40 quid for games. You know, it's my pint. I need it close to me for ease of drinking. So, uh, I, you know, I say what clubs should instigate is the fact that you can keep your four pints. They're all sort of wet and slippery when you pick them up. Um, buy new games for ease. And if the if the game owner gets a bit narked about it, we're tough, you know. Go and live in some country where they still care about such old customs. We're, we're New England, we're Blair's New England, and we'll do what we like. We damn well like, and blasted with the consequences. So, uh, yeah, that's number three. Number four. <coughs> <coughs> I'm stop doing that voice. Number four. Um. We, we meet upstairs in a room, uh, there's one exit in and out, then there's a little stairs case down to the lavies, which of course is very important, because remember, this isn't a convention, we can go to the toilet at club nights, so remember that everyone, it's okay, you can go to toilet club nights, it's a shorter night anyway, so it won't really challenge your um, games playing bladder. Um, what I tend to try and do, is I try to sit as far away from this door as possible, and I try to go to the toilet every time it's my turn. Uh, it's a bit of a double whammy, it's quite exciting. You know, you've got to keep an empty bladder for club night, it's different, you've got to be focused, focused, focused on the games. Um, so you definitely, you can't have any form of urine in your kidneys or your or your urethra or anything. You need it all gone. So, it's good to sit as far away from the door as possible, because that way you have to force your way past other people. It puts your opponents off the game, giving you a better chance of winning, and uh, it makes everyone aware that you are you're focused and you want to win. And people like that in someone. They like someone who has the will to win against all costs. So, you know, you, you, 
push past everyone else, you just get out to the door, um, then you go to the loo, you come back, um, maybe you might on your turn for ages, you, you can only do it on your turn, just for your turn, um, to get the maximum effects you need it for thinking. Then you think, you have your go, when it gets around to your go again, you need the loo first so you can clear your mind. You know, you can use a trip to think about your next move if you like. Uh, think about it while you're washing your hands afterwards and on the way back up. It's a good thing to do. So that is number four and the last of the five things. It is sit as far away from the door as possible and remember to go to the loo every time it's your turn. Games as movie stars. Right, on to games as movie stars. Um, over these last few weeks, for those new listeners among you, hello, if you're still listening. Um, I tend to look at some games and equate them against movie stars as we know games are very similar to movie stars in fact they're almost impossible to tell the difference between especially as some actors are <laughs> so wooden when they act <laughs> um, anyway uh, so each week apart from the first week when I did 10 I look at a game and uh, decide what movie star most reminds me of and talk a little bit about that I Welcome with open arms anyone who has their own that they would like to send to me. Remember, um, my email address is hamster of fury, H A M S T E R O F F U R Y, at hotmail.com. I welcome anything about that. If you've got any that you'd like to force upon me, I shall read them out. Anyway, this week is a game called Kung Fu Fighting, which uh, is released by Slugfest Games. It's designed by Jeff Bottoni, Colleen Scardi, and Clifford Boom. Boom. Uh, it's got rather cool artworks, well, all very uh, sort of kung fu movie. It's very chop sucky type film graphics. Um, it's a game which is kind of like a fight game. You each take on the role of a kung fu master who's having a fight. You get 20 chi or life points, and you beat other people up. You can go to different stances like the crane stance and the tiger stance and the snake stance. You can grab a, a chair to smash people over the head with or a table or a fan, a deadly fan or a sword which is a little bit unfair and um, you can play cards to put together devastating attacks. You can have a kick but you can add a flying to that kick like a modifier to increase the damage. So you've got a flying kick or you can have a running up the wall so you can have a flying running up the wall kick or a flying spinning running up the wall kick which gets more and more exciting and it's good fun I haven't played it for a while I must admit but it's a good fun uh, filler you need to be in the right mood you need to play it at the right kind of time of day if you play it too late at night it can drag on for a bit and be a bit annoying and I tend to find that with a full complement of six players sometimes it can last a while but you know three or four players brilliant um, especially as people start to gang up on the person that's winning and start beating them up and suddenly hit a combo with worth sort of three quarters of the person's full life points. Anyway, this game reminds me a lot of, and I wonder if you could get this one yet, um, Stephen Chow. Uh, some of you will recognise the name, some of you won't. Uh, a couple of the films that he's been in include Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle. Um, very over-the-top exuberant martial arts films, lots of fun, um, crazy stunts. The guy... Um, comes across in the films as sort of, sort of a laugh a minute, a bit kooky, he always surrounds himself with the same actors that are very similar in that vein, very outrageous, uh, you've got to be in the right mood to watch it otherwise you just won't get it, luckily I normally am in the right mood to watch it, um, but if you're in the right mood it's a lot of fun to watch with your mates, um, or your wife, um, and it goes over really well, um, however Stephen Chow does have and I say it's about all of mine, he has hidden depths to him. He's a very good actor, actually, he's sort of over in his native uh, Hong Kong, I think it is. Um, he's seen a lot more as a serious actor than over here. He's done a lot of films in his time. Um, he's a massive star over there. And uh, there's more to him than just the craziness. And in Kung Fu Fighting, it introduces you to sort of something of um, hand management, uh, changing your hands, planning ahead, not just going for the big attacks, but sort of eyeing out what people have that they because you know it's all very well doing this flying invincible spinning running up the wall kick um, but if that person's just got a block to the kick you're scuppered so you've got to sort of eye um, it out and you know there's a bit of depth to it in that and you know Chow's the same so I'd say that Stephen Chow and Kung Fu fighting are the same thing
Time for my game review, which this week has kind of been forced upon me by the laws of board game podcasting. You see, it's uh, November now, and by law, it seems at least, and you know, I don't want to be caught out, so I better go along with the crowd. Um, so from November onwards, uh, podcasts are only allowed to review party games and games you could play with your wise and old nan and granddad at Christmas. That's, you know, I don't want to be caught by the board game police or shunned from the podcast community. I'm, I've got very low self-esteem like that. You know, I can't go it alone. So, as a nod to it, I've gone for a game that is a party game, but is probably the party game I enjoy the most. Now, this is another chance for me to go, I don't like Cranium, um, which I don't. Um, but... And, and there's other party games I don't tend to enjoy so much. I used to love Taboo and then a couple of uh, sort of negative games of it lasting too long so people didn't know where to finish. I mean, stuck on teams where I don't have a kind of a telepathic ability. Like, when I'm on a team with my brother, brilliant, we can, we can each get sort of nine each in a minute. But, you know, when you put on teams of people that you don't really know too well, it all falls flat. And my poor attempts at humour, um, dire death, and uh, if my attempts at humour die death, I'm never very happy, which is why I've spent the last uh, 40 minutes on the verge of tears. Um, anyway, there's a few I do like. I'm a fan of Pictionary, a uh, good drawing game, which I firmly recommend. There's a game, which name I can't even remember, and I'm sure there's an official version of it that my parents have got, sort of an unofficial version of it, where uh, you get given a list of... Te- there's a list of ten things, and uh, the... The person whose uh, turn it is has to guess these ten things that are on a card. So it might be ten things you should find in a kitchen, and uh, ten things are listed, and the other team sort of turn the appropriate numbered card over when you answer, and give the answer to the right one, and you have about two minutes to name them all. And they put a special counter on two they think you don't, they think you won't get, and you get double the points if you get that one right. And that's how I can't remember what it's called. If anyone knows, let me know, and I shall amend my. Um, program notes or whatever they're called later anyway the, but the game I like the most is Absolute Border Dash which is released in America under some other name which involves the word Border Dash but something else instead of Absolute maybe uh, I don't know freedom or democracy or capitalism or something um, anyway it, it's uh, put out by Drummond Park Limited made by Drummond Park Limited um, under the license of Gameworks it has no designer, it just sort of came into being one day, it was just there on the table, already made up, which is quite exciting for people that work there. Um, it's a game, um, if anyone ever remembers watching on TV Call My Bluff, where you'd have <coughs> three people and there'd be a word, and the three would describe the word, one would be the true answer, and the other two would be made up as well as possible, and they'd try and sort of put that answer across so well that the other person on the other team would de- guess the wrong one. And this is the same. There's different categories in Border Dash. It's the second in the series as an original Border Dash, but this one has more categories. And uh, on your go, if you are the Dasher, which is the name, you um, read out uh, the question, and everyone else writes down an answer. If they think they know it, which is brilliant, you get bonus points, they write down their actual answer. If not, they try and write an answer they think could be true, because they're all read out afterwards, and everyone votes on the one they think is true. And if they vote for yours, you get a point. If they vote for the right one, they get a point. If no one gets it right at all, the dasher gets two bonus points and moves on to the next person. And uh, so on, the dasher reads out every answer, including the right one, you see. So the dasher, on their turn, doesn't get to guess. So it's best not to be the dasher. I hate it when it's my turn. Anyway, there are different categories for this. Um, I've brought out a card just to show. Um, So, for example, there's a word section, and the word on this card is prosopolepsy. So everyone would try and write and guess what it was. Um, then there's people. So this one's Anthony Distasio, and you have to say what that person is famous for. Then there's initials. So this one is B L O W S, a lot like this podcast really. And you have to get what those initials stand for. Then there's movies. This one's Girls on the Loose, and you have to write what you think the tagline is, which is perhaps one of my favourite. And then there's lore at the bottom. And this one is a uh, in Summerside, Prince Edward Island. It is against the law to borrow or lend. Dot dot dot. And that person has to complete the uh, the law. So everyone writes it down. Then uh, 
the dasher reads them all out, including the real one, and everyone guesses, which is lots of good fun. So, for example, the answer to prospolepsy, the word is judging people to be nice from their appearance. The guy, uh, Antonio Distasio, um, he saved his own life by body surfing a wave of molasses during the famous Boston Molasses Flood in 1919. That is true, Molasses fans. Um, B-L-O-W-S Blows uh, stands for the British Library of Wildlife Sounds. Oh, I must go there, it sounds quite exciting. Uh, the film Girls on the Loose is a gang of crazy women who steal £200,000, but one of them falls in love with the officer investigating the crime. <laughs> That'd be the answer for that. And uh, the law in Summerside, Prince Edward Island, it is against the law to borrow or lend water, is the answer to that. Oh, did you get it? Did you get it? Um, so some of them are clever, some of them are funny, some of them are mind-numbly boring, which is part of the fun of it, trying to put an answer that is boring. You know, a lot of the movies, the name of the movie actually has nothing to do at all with it. So you can double bluff people as you get the feel of the game. Guess kind of, some people go for the crazy ones the whole time, so start to you would start to give the crazy ones so that um, they would guess yours. You know, it's just balancing out the people you play with. And it's great fun. It's had m uh, me and my father-in-law literally, and this is actually literally on our hands and knees, um, him crying with laughter and me pretty close to tears. Um, absolutely hilarious. Uh, you move around a board, uh, which is, you know, just to work out who wins. The board's the boring part. If you get right, you move around the board further. The person who's furthest forward each space has a symbol to show one of the categories and the person who's furthest forward um, that category is used for that round there's also a spinner in the middle that in theory should spin when people get to certain spaces which will move them forward up to three spaces or back one um, we don't use it as rubbish either so I always to leave it out um, lots of lovely coloured plastic pieces to show your movement including gold which is very nice and purple and green for you purple and green fans of which there's far too many of you so that is border dash uh, again can really last as long as you want it um, quite often we'll put we'll stop it after say an hour or so or 40 minutes and just go with whoever's won there because for me this is one of the few games where I couldn't care less about winning at all to be honest I just find it a complete laugh it sort of gets people going I know people that really don't like it but, you know fair play to them um, and it does take a few rounds to get used to sort of the way things are phrased in it. So for the first couple of rounds, you might write things completely different to how they're actually phrased, and no one will get yours. But as you get used to it, you get more into it. People are very underhand, and it always makes a lot of laughter, a lot of strange looks. People come out of it thinking you're weirder than ever before, and it's a great fun party game. So for Christmas, you know, when you get in your wits and wages and your cluzzle and your and your all your millions of other party games. Um, Go for Absolute Border Dash or Freedom Border Dash, whatever it's called in America, and uh, play it. It's brilliant, great fun. I heartily recommend that. This, for me, is rated as the plum. It's the plums. It's magnificent, so go for it. It should be a game. Right, just a disclaimer first. People who only use their PCs when they're gaming for shooting things, uh, cutting things up, blowing things up, um, high level of, ex of sort of physical excitement and enthusiasm. Fast forward now. Uh, those of you who hate sports, fast forward now. And if it wasn't so racist, I'd say all you Americans just fast forward now. You don't know anything about football. But um, I, I've seen a lot of Americans that are very wise in football, so you can stay uh, in a very condescending manner. <laughs> you can stay and listen if you want to. Um, anyway, this week is uh, what should be a game is another PC game um, although I first played it on the Amiga back in the day man this is going back some um, then it was called Championship Manager now it, it, it's called Football Manager it's kind of there's still Championship Manager but sort of the company split up and one had the name and so kept making the game with the name the other had the database of players and uh, which for me is a better thing to have and sort of took it and got picked up by Sega and uh, call it now football manager um, but it basically at heart it's a game that's been around since about 91 92 um, where you are a football a manager of a football team you can um, choose your team that you start out with if you want or start unemployed uh, you improve your team or make them worse um, get your formations right sign players uh, sell players play matches which in the early days were just sort of 
flashes of text would come up to tell you what was happening and yet it was the most exciting thing on a computer at the time as the internet hadn't been invented of course uh, uh, and it still is more exciting than the lousy internet um, you would sort of work for hours and hours on your perfect formation you would hone your team um, to get them through to the FA Cup and then uh, the computer would cheat and score two goals in the last minute uh, but great game lots of fun a lot of depth to it over the years it's got deeper and deeper I own the first one which is like 92 or something which still had Gary Lineker my hero uh, playing in Japan because he moved to Japan after Spurs um, which is the team I support and always was um, although for those of you that used to play it a Tranmere for some reason always started with 35 million which was a lot back then and I've got no idea why to this day but anyway um, back then it was sort of, it was very advanced for the time but looking back at it now um, there were much fewer stats for the players there was a lot less that could be done it was sort of quite buggy even now today people would say it's buggy but um, it was immersing you in this world of football management and there was a lot of statistics and there was a lot of sort of clever computer AI to work things out and there's a lot of chance in it as well and I know to make it into a board game would be non impossible like a lot of these I've looked at it myself to see how I could uh, create it and I kind of came to some concept but I could only do it for like five aside teams and at a very simple level but you know some form of football soccer football management game would be brilliant there's so you know the World Cup game fantastic you know I'm a big fan of that and uh, you know you've got Sabutio and stuff like that for the action but a real football management game where you're buying and selling players and you're working your way up the leagues as uh, kids at junior school especially we used to play paper football where we'd have our teams and between us we'd agree on the players ratings out of 10 so oh I think he's a 10 because he's on my team um, that would be cancelled out by someone saying well realistically he's a 7 um so you do that and then we'd roll dice um, depending on the team's skill the players' skills and have proper transfers and have proper leagues and cups and that is really exciting and I think it could be advanced into something that's massively managerial and people go for it because these guys that play uh, the football games they would happily um, go around to a mate's house sort of one night a week and play it for a few hours uh, sort of wheeling and dealing making some games as long as they got sort of say four or five games done in that sort of three four hours they'd go home happy you know and there's two three four of you playing it brilliant and I think it'd really go for it I'll go for it this is a bit of a one where it's kind of more for me than anyone else the others probably have a greater fan base uh, from football I doubt it but you know for sort of a football management board game um, so someone pick it up you know Monkey Island still hasn't been made this Battle Royale game I cried out for still hasn't been made this Metal Gear Solid game still hasn't been made you're all slackers game designers quite frankly and I'm disgusted in you but I think you can um, rectify yourselves with this and make a triumphant football management board game that I would quite happily go out and spend 50 quid on for um, sort of the league tables cards of players ways of playing the game I'd happily spend it and I would play it every week with a group of mates so do it please make it a game anyway my computer's breaking I speak in fact it's probably about the third time I've tried to record this as uh, the software is just crying repeatedly anyway uh, thanks for listening if you made it this far um, please feel free to visit the blog site HTTP uh, colon backslash backslash happy happy board games dot blog spot. There might even be a dot com in there somewhere. Um, the music, my wonderful theme music, is uh, provided at magnitude.com, a great site for free music for podcasters to use, and it's by the group Five Star Fall. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, I will speak to you all again next week. See ya.